Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome back. Another edition of the Cooking Up Sports with Gage Bowl show with you. I have a great show planned ahead of us. Sorry for um, no episode for a while. You know, I get busy. All of our lives get busy. <coughs> Excuse me. So, and then, you know, there were a lot of sports news going on regarding when, when the leagues will turn. I mean, the NBA looking at July 31st as a potential date. Uh, MLB is supposed to announce something soon, but they've been saying that forever now. Uh, NHL, I mean, NFL hasn't really stated anything yet. So, uh, you know, we're just preparing, right? We're not, we're just preparing. So uh, first first segment for me today, uh, I saw this idea on a – I heard it on a podcast recently. Uh, so I thought I would try it myself, and it's uh, what players I think of when I see an NFL logo. First one, Patriots. Uh, obviously, it's Tom Brady for me. I mean, 20 years with the Patriots, six Super Bowl rings. That stuff speaks for itself. Dolphins. You know what? For the Dolphins, I actually think of Dan Marino, quarterback who never won any championships down there in Miami. But Dan Marino pretty much embodied Miami. The city of Miami was Dan Marino. You think about it. I mean, Dan Marino always had the tan. He always was, you know, he was a partier. He was a clubber. I mean, so Dan Marino, I mean, he really embodied the city of Miami. I mean, he was the exemplary guy for Miami. Uh, The New York Jets. Ooh, you know what? I actually think of Jamal Adams. Jamal Adams being the future of the Jets defense. He's already that leader of the defense. I mean, that kid is insane. The interceptions he has the way he can get to a quarterback when needed. Jamal Adams is just one of those guys, when you watch a Jets game, your eyes are immediately drawn to him because he has that aura, he has that effect, he has that greatness surrounding him. So I think of Jamal Adams. You know what? I also kind of think of Sam Darnold. He's also the future of the Jets over there. I mean, honestly, he's not that bad. Quarterback out of USC. You know, he hasn't done really bad with the Jets necessarily, but, I mean, he, he'll he be the future franchise quarterback if he continues to keep the numbers up. They just need to give him an offensive line, to be honest. Baltimore Ravens. Ooh. Ray Lewis. I think Ray Lewis. Best, I mean, best defensive player ever. Actually, you know what? I take that back. That, that actually belongs to LT. So he's the second best to me. I mean, Ray Lewis, obviously, once again, one of those talents that you were just immediately drawn to. He had that aura that you were just you were just amazed by, and you were always watching him. If you were watching a Ravens game or at a Ravens game, you were there for Ray Lewis. I also thought of Ed Reed. Ed Reed, once again, special. But, you know, when I think of Baltimore Ravens, I don't even think of any offensive players. I, I think of all defensive players, to be honest. Steelers, ooh. Troy Polamalu for me. I mean, because Troy Polamalu symbolically represents the Pittsburgh Steelers. I mean, he had that rough and tough look of Pittsburgh. So, really, I mean, he, he was like a Dan Marino, per se. He embodied what the city of Pittsburgh was. And, uh, you know, that's something special for a football player. Uh, if you can embody what your city is, uh, I mean, that that I mean that is so – that is super special. Okay, next, 
Indianapolis Colts. This one is a no-brainer for me. It should be Peyton Manning because, to be honest, Peyton Manning to the Colts is like Babe Ruth to the Yankees. I mean, you just can't think of anyone else. Cincinnati, Kansas City Chiefs. I think of Patrick Mahomes, to be honest. I mean, Patrick Mahomes is coming off a Super Bowl win. He's got an MVP under his belt. This kid is obviously the franchise quarterback. I mean, he could be the greatest quarterback to ever do it when it's all said and done, if he continues to stay healthy and if he continues to produce and put up the numbers that he's been putting up. I mean, Patrick Mahomes is super special. Denver Broncos, John Elway, because you know what? There's no other answer than John Elway. I mean, that is that is the only correct answer to that question. Las Vegas Raiders are formerly Oakland Raiders. I think of Bo Jackson, Bo Jackson. You know, I always I always bring up talent. Bo Jackson was a superhuman. Bo Jackson would truck you, and I mean, if you tackled him, he he could somehow break a tackle. I mean, Bo Jackson, absolutely phenomenal player, and he also, I mean, he was a two he was a two sport athlete. This, I mean, it was just kind of unheard of. Him and Deion Sanders did it, but Bo Jackson was just out of this world special. Dallas Cowboys. Ooh, when I think of the Dallas Cowboys, to be honest, I think of Michael Irvin. Because I think about when I think about the Dallas Cowboys as an organization and as a team, I think about a playmaker who had some flashiness in him. And that was Michael Irvin. Michael Irvin was a playmaker who was super flashy at the same time. So that for me is there there are other answers to that question. I mean you could obviously get Tony Romo, Troy Aikman. There, I mean, there are so many answers to that question. Philadelphia Eagles. Ooh, I think of Reggie White because Reggie White is the best defensive lineman to ever play. I mean, Reggie White, this is what Reggie White literally did. I mean, Reggie White took 300-pound men and destroyed them. I mean, they were, he destroyed them. I mean, he, he sent them out to left field. Okay, I mean, that was Reggie White. Uh, absolute legend. Absolute legend in my eyes, so Reggie White. New York Giants. Oh, because it's LT. LT, I mean, Lawrence Taylor, because he, I mean, he's the best player. I mean, LT's one of those guys who changed the league for the better. I mean, he's just one of those guys. You know, you think of Michael Jordan. Michael Jordan changes the NBA. Dr. J, Magic Johnson. LT was that guy for the NFL. He changed it. So, and I mean, there really is no other answer. I mean, you could say Eli Manning because of the two Super Bowl rings. You could even say like Michael Strahan, but really to me, Lawrence Taylor is pretty much the only correct answer. Chicago Bears. I think of Walter Payton and Dan Hampton. I mean, Walter Payton had good, had one good O-lineman and Noah Jackson. That was the only offensive lineman. Walter Payton had that would create him space. So really, Walter Payton had absolutely nothing to work with, and he made it work. Walter Payton is one of the best running backs to ever play in the National Football League. And I think of Dan Hampton, you know, I think of that 85 Bears team, you know, they went 15-1, and won the Super Bowl that year. Dan Hampton was the face 
of that defense that year. I think Dan Hampton arguably was the face of that defense that year. I mean, you could have you could have other answers to that question. But, uh, you know, I think of Dan Hampton, you know, you could think of Dick Butkus. Uh, I even thought of Ed Obradovich, to be honest. So, I mean, for me, you know, being a Bears fan, I mean, there's so many answers to that question for me. The New Orleans Saints, you know, I for me, it's Drew Brees or even Reggie Bush. I mean, for a while, I mean, when I think of the New Orleans Saints, they were the Brooklyn Nets for the longest time. They were shadowed by other teams. When I say Brooklyn Nets, I mean, Brooklyn Nets have been overshadowed by the New York Knicks for the longest time. And that's what the Saints were. I mean, they were overshadowed by every other team. They were absolute nobodies at first. And now they are the talk of the town. Drew Brees making that happen down there. I mean, he's won a Super Bowl with them. But Reggie Bush was also super special as well at the running back position. And so for me, really, that's the only two answers I could really say. I mean, you could even say Michael Thomas if you wanted to. 49ers, Joe Montana. I mean, there's no other question. There's no other really answer. It's kind of like John Elway, maybe Steve Young, but really it's it's John Montana. Seahawks, I think of Russell Wilson. I don't really think anybody else really. Maybe a Marshawn Lynch comes to mind for me, but Russell Wilson, when I close my eyes, is, is who I see. The Green Bay Packers this is the last team. Green Bay Packers. <sighs> I'm kind of split here, but I'm going to have to go with uh, Brett Favre. I got to go with Brett Favre. I mean, Brett Favre, because I don't really think Aaron hasn't done too much yet. I mean, he hasn't really done what Brett did. Um, it, this is one of those teams, though. I mean, like, I had to close my eyes, and and uh, when I did, I, I saw Brett Favre. I didn't see Aaron Rodgers. I saw Brett Favre. I'm going to have to ask my Uncle Dan, though. I mean, he's a big Packers fan, so I'm going to ask him who, I mean, who, who he thinks of. I mean, him being a true Packers fan, but really, I mean, I think of Brett Favre. I really do. Okay, next next topic of discussion. This has been one that I've wanted to talk for a while on, but now, I mean, I have the opportunity to. And it's this question, I mean, why do some players have more success when they are not playing with Russell Westbrook? Okay, here's the thing. James Harden, I'm taking James Harden first. With Russell Westbrook, averaged 16 to 17 a night. This was when they were on the Oklahoma City Thunder. Take Russell Westbrook out of the picture, and James Harden's now on the Rockets now, and he becomes the league's most explosive offensive power. Take Kevin Durant now. They're on the Oklahoma City Thunder. Kevin Durant leaves and becomes the best player in the league and wins two championships. And And he wins the finals MVP. Okay. Oladipo, take Victor Oladipo. Victor Oladipo leaves Oklahoma City and becomes an all star, an all star his first two seasons away. Paul George, Paul George comes to Oklahoma City. They make it to the playoffs, but they don't go that far. Paul George leaves and becomes a title contender with the Clippers. And to be honest, I mean, Russ leaves Oklahoma City, and to be honest, the team itself becomes the biggest surprise in the NBA this season so far. I mean, nobody thought 
they would be in this position with guys we really question. I mean, they have Shea Gilders Alexander, Chris Paul, Steven Adams, Nerlens Noel. These are guys we're not looking at and going, wow, you know, this is this is a phenomenal team. I mean, they they possess so much potential. And no, I mean, we we thought, I mean, when we had our NBA talk, I mean, in this last summer with with the, uh, all my guests, I think it was like Skyler and Tete and Cooper. But, I mean, we discussed Oklahoma City not even not even being in a conversation for an eight seed. We discussed them, I mean, being at the bottom of the Western Conference. But now look where they are. I mean, they, they're they one of the best teams in the West. It's It's a battle every time you play them. Okay? Continuing with Russell Westbrook, okay? So Russell leaves Oklahoma City, and he goes to Houston. Okay, Houston gets Russ, and right now, at this moment, they are the sixth seed. What's hilarious to me is they are only one game better, one game better with Russell Westbrook from last year. From last year's standpoint, they are only one game better. Russell Westbrook leads the NBA in touches the last four seasons. And to be honest, it is ridiculous. That shows, it should show you that Russell Westbrook is an individual guy, not a team guy. I have spoken on this so many times and so many of you want to fight me on this. Russell Westbrook is a stat stacker. He does not care if the team wins. He cares about his individual stats. And this is why, this is seriously why, when you leave the side of Russell Westbrook, you become a better player. And your team potentially becomes a title contending team. Seriously, that was so shocking to me. The Rockets are one game better with Russell Westbrook from last year, from you know, from the standpoint right now. Really? Really? But you know, once again, Russ is an individual guy. Don't try to tell me something else. No, he's not a team guy. He's not. He doesn't care. And speaking of James Harden and the Houston Rockets, is James Harden a top five NBA player? And the answer to me. I mean, this answer really pains me because I, I I very much dislike the Houston Rockets and I very much dislike James Harden. But the answer is yes. And the I mean, the reason it's yes is because you cannot teach somebody to score the way James Harden scores. James Harden has such a unique ability to score. I mean, there's some things Harden could definitely do better defensively, even though he is impregnable in the post. I mean, I mean, he really is. But here's the thing. When you're James Harden, I mean, he's been averaging 30-plus points for three straight seasons now. There, I mean, he's he's obviously a top player in the league. You can't tell me he's not top five. I mean, he's, he scores at will. He scores from the three-point line. He scores from the post. He scores from the mid-range. James Harden can score from anywhere. 
Okay, you can't. I mean, you can't. You cannot simply deny the fact that James Harden is a top five player in the league right right now at this current moment. It, right now, I mean, defense. Yeah, James Harden stinks at defense. He does not step in front of a guy. He doesn't care about defense. There will be once in a while James Harden gets a block and the whole world and the whole media freaks out because James Harden did something defensively, finally. But, I mean, there are so many other guys that don't play defense. Luka Doncic. Luka Doncic doesn't even really play that great of a defense. Okay? I mean, there are so many other guys that are within the same boat of James Harden that can score, but they don't play defense. But really, I look at it again, 30-plus points per game. There's no way. And there's been times where he's scoring 60, 50, over 40. Yeah, James James Harden for sure is top five player in the NBA. Sorry. Next question. The, I, I, oh, this this one. I've talked about this before, but now I can finally just go into it. Is LeBron James MVP over Giannis? Oh, boy. Okay, you know what, folks? I've always found this to be so interesting. LeBron James has been the best basketball player in the world for the last 15 years, and we still don't embrace him. We find so many ways as a media and as spectators to bash and throw LeBron under the bus. Instead, instead of simply just embracing him and acknowledging that he's been the best basketball player for the last 15 years. Really, we don't. As a media, okay, you know what? LeBron James is leaving to Miami. Throw him under the bus. We hate you. We're burning your jerseys in the street of Cleveland. We hate your guts. You suck. LeBron James gets becomes an MVP caliber player this season. I mean, he's, he's absolutely phenomenal. And we're like, oh, nope. Nope, he stinks this season. Sorry. He only got better because Anthony Davis came. Yeah, that's part of it. But no, I mean, LeBron is putting up insanely high numbers for his age, 17 seasons in the NBA, and he's still putting up higher numbers than those that have been in the league three, four years. I am so glad, so glad, finally, someone came out and said, you know what? Overall, this season, the way things have been happening and what's been ha- and what's going on and beginning of the season, middle of the season, LeBron James is the MVP. Overall, I mean, LeBron's been the best player this year. That someone was Damian Lillard, ladies and gentlemen. Damian Lillard dubbed LeBron James the MVP. For the last six to eight years, the media that covers the National Basketball Association has stated on numerous occasions to all of us that LeBron James's run is over. You got to be kidding me. There, no, 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 no. You got what? Seriously. So LeBron James only has three MVPs. 
it's it's kind of a joke, right? It's 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 ridiculous. LeBron James should have more than three MVPs. LeBron should have five, five or six. Re- realistically, yes, LeBron James should have five, six MVPs. He has three finals wins. Okay, yeah, you know what? I get that. LeBron, LeBron has faced some tough talent in the NBA Finals. Not not as tough as Michael Jordan, but LeBron's faced some good talent. And uh, uh, good grief, LeBron James's actions have been impeccable for the last ten years. Really. I mean, he grew up in absolute chaos and hasn't had a misstep. A physical misstep, I should say. I mean, here's the thing. LeBron James, take about last year. LeBron James says something about China, and we explode on him. We throw him under the bus. We call, you know, we politicize him. We, we bash him. We do everything to him. It's ridiculous. Because here's the thing. LeBron James is a verbal player who carries the lead. LeBron James is, was more, is more verbal than Michael Jordan was. My, Magic Johnson, Larry Bird, Kobe Bryant. LeBron is verbal. LeBron is out there. And people like that. And this is, why he, this is one of the reasons he carries the lead. Another thing for me. The NBA is considering reseeding the East and West, right? The NBA is not reconsidering reseeding because of Kawhi Leonard, Paul George, Giannis Antetokounmpo, or Damian Lillard, Jason Tatum. They're not thinking of those guys. They're thinking of reseeding because of LeBron James. Really? Another thing about LeBron LeBron's the ultimate package. He shoots, he scores, he passes, he rebounds, he coaches. And he draws the crowds. When you watch a Lakers game, who are you watching? You're not watching Avery Bradley. You're watching LeBron James. Your eyes are immediately drawn to LeBron James. I talked about that with Ray Lewis and Ed Reed and LT. Your eyes are immediately drawn to LeBron James. Because he is the ultimate package. He is the best player on the floor. You know what LeBron reminds me of? LeBron reminds me of a successful boss slash manager. Really. Okay? You have, as a boss as and, and as manager, he has some dysfunctional employees, and he has some stellar employees. And LeBron is the boss or manager. He comes in, cleans up the mess, and then makes it a functioning organization. Are there still going to be a little dysfunction there? Yes. But most of the time, you're a functioning organization. That is what LeBron James does. So seriously, we have to stop throwing James under the bus and finally give him credit for what he's for what he is accomplishing. And what he's accomplishing at the age he's at, it's insane. It blows my mind. LeBron's been in this league for 17 years. Do you think LeBron would be on the decline? No. LeBron is still on the incline. Blows my mind. Blows my mind. When we come back, I talk about who I would want to be the starting five pass and current. It, will Mike Trout be the greatest to ever play the game of baseball? And what I think should happen when we come back 
<clears throat> when the NBA comes back, what the 16-team seeding should look like. That's all coming up next. Welcome back, second hour starting now. I have to scratch the whole second hour yeah, because of this. The NBA just announced that they will be returning. And they will be returning most likely July 31st. 22 teams will be returning. And they're going to play in Disney World in Orlando. Uh, you know, And there's so many other details going into this. So there's 13 Western Conference teams coming, and there's nine Eastern Conference. I'll read you these teams for the Western Conference. Number one is the Los Angeles Lakers, two LA Clippers, three Denver Nuggets, four Utah Jazz, five OKC Thunder, six Houston Rockets, seven Dallas Mavericks, eight Memphis Grizzlies, nine Portland Trailblazers, 10 New Orleans Pelicans, 11 Sacramento Kings, 12 San Antonio Spurs, 13 Phoenix Suns. That's for the Western Conference. For the Eastern Conference, number one, Milwaukee Bucks, two Toronto Raptors, three Boston Celtics, four Miami Heat, five Indiana Pacers, six Philadelphia 76ers, seven Brooklyn Nets, eight Orlando Magic, and nine Washington Wizards. I can't tell you how excited I am for this to return. You know, we've been waiting for this for so long. Okay. I mean, March, we've been waiting for this since March. And it was that coveted day in Oklahoma City when Rudy Gobert tests positive for coronavirus and everything just immediately goes downhill. And we've been waiting and waiting and waiting. And the NBA is the first to return out of the out of the major sport leagues that I discuss NFL NBA and and MLB and to be honest I thought baseball was going to return first I you know baseball there for a while looked very promising but it, I mean every flipping week for the for major league baseball they keep saying we'll have an announcement by the end of the week or beginning of next week we should have an announcement and these weeks just continue to fly by, and nothing happens. And I'm so glad the NBA is taking gung ho. Uh, but there, you know, there's still some questions regarding the NBA season resuming. You know, regarding the finals, is there going to be an asterisk put around the finals winner this year? My feeling on that is this: it's it's a yes and no situation. Say you're a team like the Lakers or the Clippers, and you win the championship this year, okay? And and everybody knows, and, you know, life goes on. And then you play next season. The Lakers come into next season, and then they win it again. And then the next season after that, they don't, they don't get to the finals, and... They have to they have to play for next season's finals. Then the next season comes, Lakers go or Clippers in this situation, and they win again. I think we forget about this year's finals, and we don't put an asterisk next to it. it you know, because it, it reminds me of, you know, when in 1999, 
the San Antonio Spurs win the finals. And I believe in 1999, there's the player strike. And Phil Jackson, former coach of the Chicago Bulls, says there is going to be an asterisk put next to this Spurs title. And we, you know, back then in, in 99, a lot of people are thinking, yeah, you know, you're, you're right, actually. Phil's right about this. But what happens down the road is the Spurs continue to win finals. So they, you know, they keep, they continue to rack up the championships and the banners and people immediately forget about the 1999 championship with an asterisk next to it. Asterisk does not get put next to it. So I think that that, that could be a situation if you're a team that wins the finals, you know, a lot down the road. I mean, if you're the Lakers, if you're the Clippers, if you're the Bucks, here's another situation. Uh, here's where I think the situation is yes. The last situation was no. There will be no asterisk. This situation is the yes, there, 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 there will be. I think there will be if, say, you're a team like the Denver Nuggets or the Indiana Pacers, and you win the NBA Finals this season, okay? And then, you know, a lot of people are calling it a fluke and, you know, you were just you were just better prepared as a team, you know, when the NBA said you could resume workouts, you were working out as a team, like, you know, yada, yada, yada. And, you know, say, you know, those the, the team won the finals this year. That te- those, those kind of teams win the finals this year. And then next season they don't win the finals and they don't, you know, they make it to the playoffs, but they get knocked out first round. And then the next year they go to the playoffs and they don't make it. They don't make the finals. And then the next season they don't make the finals. This is when I think an asterisk gets put next to it. You know, when this when the team isn't like the Orlando Magic or or Washington Wizards or even a Phoenix Suns wins this year and then down the road they're not winning finals at all. I mean, right? Then that's when we consider it an an asterisk next to next to the title or something like that. You know, to me, honestly, I don't care about the asterisk. I think it's just kind of dumb. Unless you cheated and you won, you know, illegally, right? That's when I think the asterisk is used correctly. You know, something like this, to me, it doesn't really matter if the asterisk's put next to it. I mean, if it is, oh, well, you, I mean, you still won the title. People are just going to remember it as the coronavirus season. So really, that's how I feel about this uh you know when the nba resumes i believe you know there's going to be a lot of ups and downs there there's going to be a lot of missteps really i mean think about it some of these guys haven't been hooping at all i mean i remember when social not social distancing uh quarantine first started and we're about two three weeks into it and uh, somebody asked Giannis Antetokounmpo I mean, have you been practicing? What have you been practicing on? And he's saying, dude, I haven't been practicing at all because I don't have I don't have a basket at my house. I don't have I don't have hoops at my house. So there is no way for me to practice. I mean, we're still shut down, we're in quarantine, so I can't go out and go to a gym and hoop with a bunch of people. Like, I don't have that ability. As opposed to somebody like LeBron James, who has a full-on court in his house, and he does have a gym, and you know he has that ability to practice and, and better himself. Even like a guy like Mike Conley of the Utah Jazz, we saw him uh, in the Horse Challenge. I mean, he's in a nice gym indoors, and 
you know, you you for sure know that he was probably practicing on that, you know, while in this quarantine and while in this shutdown. So, you know, it there 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 will be teams that you look at and go, okay, I never thought they were going to be this good coming back. Maybe a team like the Washington Wizards surprises us, or Memphis comes out and they're hot. Okay, even maybe even New Orleans. I mean, New Orleans is in the tenth spot right now. Maybe New Orleans comes out and they really surprise a lot of people. When when uh, the NBA comes back, I forgot to say they are playing eight regular season games. So for for a lot of these teams, like if you're the Orlando Magic. If you're the Washington Wizards, Phoenix Suns, the Spurs, every game counts. If you're a team like the Lakers or the Bucks, you lose one or two, and you know it's kind of fine. You just you just learn from it. But like I said, if you're a team like the Suns or the Wizards, every game counts right now. You can't you can't have a misstep. You got to play a hundred percent, and you have to win. You have to win at any measure. At this point, so. Really, this is going to be a lot of fun. This was first broken by Adrian Wojnarowski, a Woj bomb, as people would call it. And I think a lot of us were, you know, there were some of us that were just completely shocked and we were we were dying inside of, of happiness, right? Like we were we were ready. We're ready for this to come back. And I was one of those people. I was freaking out. I was like, oh, my gosh. Oh my gosh, we are back. We're back. Finally, sports is back. I mean, I I imagine there will be no fans. I I can see that. You know, I, I and you know that that's probably for the best. That is for the best. But I don't think we care. We don't care if there's fans in the seats. You know, yeah, we care a little bit. I take that back. We do care a little bit. But we are so deprived of sports right now. I mean, I think the only thing I've watched is UFC, sport, sports related. You know, actually sitting down and watching a sport. I think, you know, the only one's been UFC. Take out reruns and stuff. You know, I've watched reruns. Michael Jordan at, at Madison Square Garden dominating, you know, reruns of Angels games. But a live sporting event. We haven't seen that, you know, minus UFC. We haven't seen one since late March, you know, since spring training. So we're soup. We're really deprived. We're dying. We're all dying inside, you know, and, and the NBA coming back is huge. And I, you know, I was, I was, I surprised that they were the, the league to come out and say, okay, we're back. Yeah. I was I was a little surprised because uh, really, in all honesty, like I said earlier, I thought MLB was going to be gung ho about this and say, "Okay, we are coming back. <clears throat> no fans. We're going to play at the spring training complexes. Whether that be, you know, we split it up half and half. Half is in Arizona, half is in Florida, kind of like a spring training type, and we just go from there. And you know, if you're at a low risk zone, maybe we do return you to your home ballparks, or you know." Whatever. Whatever. So uh you know, good for the NBA. I'm 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 pumped. Uh, I think a lot of people are super pumped to see LeBron James back. I've heard a lot of people very pumped to see Zion Williamson. I think this was built around Zion. 
Zion's a huge marketing piece for the NBA. Take away his his Duke stuff right now. We don't. I mean, I, I'm not going to worry about that right now. We we can talk about that another time. But people are pumped to see LeBron back. See what LeBron can do. Giannis, Zion, who's actually going to be the you know we've talked a lot about MVP. I talked about MVP this episode. LeBron or Giannis. This this is going to be this is going to prove a lot too. Who who's in better shape? Who's in who has been practicing? I feel like LeBron. LeBron's going to take it. LeBron's going to take the MVP. Um, I, I'm excited to see what Memphis does. I really am. I'm rooting for Memphis. I like Jaw. I think Joshua and Rookie of the Year. Jaw's proved a lot to us this season. We didn't think he'd put Memphis in the position they're in right now. I don't think a lot of us did, but he did. So I'm excited to see that. I'm excited to see what the Washington Wizards do. I'm I'm loving Bradley Beal. Bradley Beal's on a tear lately. What can Brooklyn do? Right? So there's so many questions regarding it. And, and you know, and then there's also the question of what if a player tests positive for coronavirus while down there? And you know, it, it it's it's kind of it's probable that it's gonna happen. Right? You know, stuff just happens. And you know, if and I and I trust the NBA to have safety protocols in place. I trust them. I know that they're gonna they're gonna they're gonna take action. So once again, I'm pumped. I know you're pumped. So I'm sorry I had to scratch the second hour. I guess I'll do one uh, one segment from uh, originally planned. I'm gonna do uh, my starting five past and current. Okay. Now some of you are gonna hate me. Some of you are gonna disagree with me. But really, there's no wrong answers to this. Really, I mean, think about it, right? There is no wrong answers at all to this. So, you know, let's do it. Let's do it. So let's do the past, okay? Just starting five. No, I'm not going to do, uh, like, um, no bench players. Just, just starting five. So at the point guard for me, I got to have Mr. John Stockton. Okay. Played 18 years in the league, all for the Utah Jazz, all under Jerry Sloan. I mean, he was I mean, he was drafted in uh, 1984. He was our first round pick. He was the 16th pick in the draft that year. And here's what I love about John Stockton. Okay, John Stockton was not the best scorer. For his career, he averaged 13.1 points. So he averaged 13 points a game. So obviously not this Great score, okay? But John Stockton played with absolute hustle. John Stockton is one of those guys that you look at and you go, wow. I mean, I mean, John Stockton defensively was underrated. I mean, John Stockton averaged 2.2 steals per game his whole career. Uh, he was also a 2.7, two, he averaged 2.7 rebounds for his career. He averaged 10.5 assists per, for his career. So it, it was kind of a toss-up between Stockton and uh, I, I even thought of Magic Johnson. I love Magic Johnson, don't get me wrong. I love Magic Johnson, but I had to go John Stockton. You know, uh, you know I am a little biased on this, you know, just because I, I am a Jazz fan as well. But, you know, come on. He's John Stockton. You can't really go wrong with him. You can expect him to score, but you can also expect him to make the team better. 
can expect him to make guys on the team better. So for that one, point guard, I went with Mr. John Stockton. Okay. As shooting guard, I'm going Michael Jordan. Okay. He's, he, he's Michael. Michael Jordan is the greatest basketball player of all time. Really. I mean, he's got the high NBA's highest scoring average. He averaged 30.1 points per game. He's in the Hall of Fame. Unanimous. Unanimous. Okay. 10 time All NBA first team. Six time NBA Finals MVP. Nine time NBA All Defensive first team. Defensive player of the year. 14 time NBA All Star. Three time NBA All Star MVP. 50th anniversary All Time team. 10 scoring titles. And by the way, that's an NBA record. And he had seven consecutive, which matched Wilt Chamberlain. Okay, and then I mentioned, you know, NBA's high-scoring average of 30.1 points per game. And, you know, I think, you know, Michael Jordan, um, I mean, his impact was far greater than awards and championships. Think about it. I mean, I think of... uh, I think of the shoes. You know, I think of Michael Jordan's shoes. There are people out there who don't know who Michael Jordan is. And they still wear his sneakers. They go out and they buy them. And they're psyched to have them. And they don't even know who Michael Jordan is. They just buy the sneakers because they love them. Jordan has, you know, some of the most iconic sneakers. He's an NBA owner. He owns the Charlotte Hornets. He's in baseball with Derek Jeter with the Miami Marlins. And he's he's a great guy, actually. I mean, Michael Jordan's a pretty good dude. Was he a tough competitor? Yeah. Was he a tough teammate sometimes? Yeah. But that's how you win. And that's how you become the GOAT. Michael Jordan's the GOAT. You know, I've talked about a lot about LeBron, but I can't talk about... But I got to talk about the GOAT, Michael Jordan. Got to. Got to. A small forward for me. I don't know if you know you're all gonna freak out about this. I have Kobe Bryant there. I don't know, like if if people would consider him like would consider him a small forward. A part of me does, and it doesn't even matter to me anymore. I don't care what you people say. I got Kobe Bryant at the small forward. Okay, I mean. Kobe was special. Kobe was special. I mean, he he reminds us all so much of Michael Jordan. Right? The guy was a winner. The guy played tough. And he, you know, he he won at any cost. I mean, he was going to win no matter what. You weren't going to stop him. If you were his teammate, his competitor, his coach, if you got in his way, he would tear you down. He was going to win. I mean, for his career, I mean, he averaged 25 points, 5.2 rebounds, 4.7 assists. Was he the greatest defender? No, but he did average 1.4 steals for his career. <coughs> Excuse me. So I got I got to put Kobe Bryant. Some consider him a guard. I, I consider him a small forward. So a small forward, I got Kobe. Really, I love Kobe. At the power forward, I'm putting Carl Malone. No, my bad. Why did I say Carl Malone? 
Now Carl Malone, KG, Kevin Garnett. If you didn't know, Kevin Garnett is one of my favorite players of all time. You know, for me, it goes Michael Jordan and then Kevin Garnett. Some of you are like rolling over right now. Like, are you serious? Love KG? Yeah, I love KG. KG for his entire career 17.8 points, 10 rebounds, 3.7 assists. And he averaged, uh, he averaged uh, 1.3 blocks. No, my bad. He averaged 1.3 steals for his career and 1.4 blocks for his career. Sorry, sometimes I get those mixed up. Uh, how do you not love KG? How do you not? Right? Played 21 years in the league. Retired in 2016. Hall of Famer. Overall, amazing power forward. And you know what? Here's the thing about Kevin Garnett. I compare him and Kobe sometimes, not game-wise, but attitude-wise. Watts film of these guys. They play with the same intensity, right? And Kevin Garnett played with such an intensity. I mean, Kevin Garnett was not an angry guy. He didn't grow up bad childhood. He wasn't, like, he didn't have a whole lot wrong in his life. And he he played with such a fire. He played, ticked off. And that's what I love. I love I love that about Kevin Garnett. He he was an animal. And to me, I mean he I mean he he edged out Carl Malone a little bit for me. You know, I originally said Carl Malone, but I like Kevin Garnett more. I really do. Just slightly. Don't get mad at me people. I like Kevin Garnett slightly more. So I got to put KG at the power forward. At the center, at the center, I got I you know I gotta have Shaq. It's Shaquille O'Neal, the most dominant center to ever play the game of basketball. And if you don't agree with that, I don't know what you're talking about. I mean, Shaq averaged 23.7 points his entire career, 10.9 rebounds, 2.5 assists. He didn't really steal, but he averaged 2.3 blocks for his entire career. Shaq was a monster. Shaq was a legit monster. Nobody nobody could guard him. I don't think anybody in the NBA today could guard Shaquille O'Neal. He's that good. He was dominant. You fed the ball to Shaq in the paint, and you knew what you were going to get. You knew he was going to get you a bucket. You just knew. That when Shaquille O'Neal was down there in the paint, working, working on Kendrick Perkins, working on Akeem Olajuwon, he was going to get a bucket. So I got to put Shaq. Uh, I'm running out of time. So for current NBA players at the point guard, I have Steph Curry. Steph Curry, best shooter of all time. At the shooting guard, shooting guard's kind of tough for me, you know. There's so many options for me, but for <sighs> golly, dude, it, it, it's so hard. But really, you know, shooting guard, I, I gotta have Mr. Jimmy Butler, and small for, at the small forward, LeBron James, at the power forward, 
Ooh, power forwards, you know, power forwards, another good one. I got to have uh, Mr. Anthony Davis. And at the center, I'm having Carl uh, Anthony Towns. So really, you know, you can't find me on that, really. It doesn't matter. It's just all opinion-based, really. So that's it for me today, guys. Once again, really excited. NBA is returning. Hope you guys are pumped, you know. I just posted on Instagram a while ago. Uh, I think the Lakers are going to win the championship when they return. Go drop your predictions in the comment section. Tell me who you think is going to win. I just think the Lakers, just because I think they're going to be the better overall team, they're going to come prepared mentally, physically, emotionally. They're going to be ready. LeBron's ready to take a chip this year. Thanks once again, guys, for joining me today. Make sure to check out next time's episodes, so stay tuned. Listen to some previous episodes, and catch you all next time.